Hey everyone, I'm Brenda. And I'm Julia. And you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. This podcast was brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Roaring 20s Podcast. Today we have on Ash and Lauren from Damsels and the DMs. We're missing Alejandro, but he's here in spirit. We were just on their show having so much fun talking about everything 20s and dating and whatnot. And we're so excited to have you guys here. Damsels and the DMs is a podcast intended for the modern day damsel as they steer the trials and tribulations of dating culture. Welcome, guys. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. We're having so much fun. Um, Ash and Lauren, introduce yourselves. Tell us a little bit about you, who you are, where you're from, how old you are since it's Roaring Twenties, and your relationship status since we're going to be talking about dating. I'm just going to quickly correct you. It's Ash. Um, oh, I'm sorry. You're good. Don't even apologize. Uh, very easy mistake. Ash. But I'm Osh. Yes, I'm Osh. Um, think of it as, I guess, I don't know if this, if you guys know what this is, but Oshkosh Bagosh. Mm-hmm. But instead of the O, it's two A's. Um, that's how I get people to remember it. Yes. I am from Botswana. I was raised in London. And then I moved to America in 2010 for uni. And then I just never left. My accent adapted to the American accent. My everything did. Like I now am fully Valley girl and I'm increasing <laughs> it. Um, I am 29 and I am single as a, not as a Pringle because I actually am dating around and I've, I've got some prospects. Mm. She's a roster. She's a roster. I, I actually love to hear like Pringles, particularly the sour cream and onion. Delicious. Oh, so oh I like the ranch one. Mm, mm, I don't I think I've that. ever had a ranch Pringle. I yeah. had a truffle chip yesterday and it was so Those good. are really good. I've had those. Really good. I love Ooh, truffles. I, so love truffles. Good. I am Lauren. Um, I'm from Philadelphia. I'm 27 years old. I went to USC where I studied acting in Spanish. Been in LA ever since acting and producing and writing and hosting our podcast. I have been in a relationship for about seven years now. Um, so I'm trying to mimic Brenda over here. Not <laughs> yet. But uh, yeah, it's been an interesting relationship because we met at USC, but have been in long distance basically the entire relationship. Um, when he graduated USC, he moved to Newport Beach. So it was LA to Newport, which isn't like huge distance because now we're doing LA to New York, which is bigger distance. But I'm a big advocate for long distance relationships in your 20s. So yeah, that's just a little bit. Me and my boyfriend started long distance and it's not so bad. I like it. I think it's a great learning experience, especially for people who have been dating their significant other for a long time. I think it allows you to grow and really focus on your friendships in your 20s, also your career goals Mm -hmm. um, without, you know, becoming such a unit with your partner, because I feel like you have the rest of your life to be such a unit with your partner. So I'm a big fan of it, but obviously not for everybody. Yeah, for sure. No, that's such a good point. And honestly, it's something so we've obviously had a good amount of episodes thus far. 
And something that Julie and I have talked about is I'm like, I genuinely think like, cause sometimes people will ask me like, what's been like, what's been the key? What's been the key to like sustaining a relationship for so long? And I literally say like, I think one of the biggest things was that we were able to like grow individually and mm-hmm. not depend on each other to like define where the expecta- expectations are and whatnot, make our own friends, have our own routines. And as a result, we're able to grow and know who we are as people without each other. So that when we do come together and get to see each other, that we're, we're, just able to you know to navigate so much better and like now it's it's almost cool like exploring now that we live together now that we have a lot of routines that we share like we bring so much more of ourselves and what we already know empowers us individually to like this unit so I I I agree with you so much because I think there's so many perspectives we could take on long distance but I do think that it like forces you to be intentional about the time that you do get together and allows you to just you know live and and to also build a lot of trust while you are apart so I'm sure we'll dive into all of that um but before we do can you guys tell us a little bit about how you guys met and what made you decide to start the show we actually met in acting class we went to Leslie Kahn together um when I first saw Lauren I I was like I don't think I don't think she likes me I don't know if we're gonna be friends but I I like really liked her style and and I had my eyes on her Celine bag and I was like she needs to be my friend but I don't know how I'm gonna make this happen (laughs) don't you love when that happens when you get like a girl crush on someone like and you're like I want her to be my friend but like I I don't want to come on too strong (laughs) I wouldn't go as far as saying girl crush because she's gonna take it as a compliment and I limit I limit my compliments right right ego ego I understand you know you just you have to feed her one compliment a week otherwise she's gonna blow up into like literally fly for sure for sure we understand like friend dating is very similar I feel like to real dating in so many ways like it's crazy and I'll be honest, like, because I have been in LA for a while, because I went to USC, I have a lot of friends in LA. So I did not go into this acting class, like, hey, I need friends. Like, I was like, you know, I got my social network here. I'm good. But Osh, like, was wearing workout classes that I also went to. And I really love a workout class. So I was looking at her like, mm, that girl's in a Carrie's Pilates sweatshirt. <laughs> I too like myself a Carrie's Pilates class. <laughs> like, I was looking at her like hmm, that's interesting I obviously thought she was beautiful because duh um and she has this gray haircut right now she just got her hair colored and I'm, I'm like really it excited. looks it's so shiny it's gorgeous baby bangs and I colored yes. my hair my headshots done today so we're it's 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 oh, new it's a new season for us she's thriving thriving Leslie Kahn she was called to write on the chalkboard like she had to write down random things you remember this Ash you had to like write write down scenes on the whiteboard and I remember it because she had beautiful handwriting and I have the absolute worst handwriting so this like would have been my worst nightmare absolutely but anyway like over time we started becoming friends I remember like I forget what the conversation was Osh but I think it I said something to you along the lines of like hey we go to the same workout classes yeah it was really uh, we were at rehearsal what a pickup our other friend Sophia's house for rehearsal and this is my first rehearsal with Lauren and I think it was my first time outside of class like meeting her outside of class and she was like you wear all of the brands like all of the workout brands that I go to and I'm like yeah that's true like we we could we could be friends like we could go go to these classes together but Lauren like her I just want to say one thing our friendship is like 
purely based on banter, which is like, we have like that loving relationship, but we also have that like freedom to just like shit on each other and like give each other shit. Obviously it comes out of love. Um, but one thing that I do really make fun of her is for her penmanship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? I have bad handwriting too. And it's, it's, it's hard out here. This yeah. is something that cannot be, I still have it. <laughs> no amounts of therapy or whatever you people send their kids, like whatever classes uh, parents send their kids to, no amount of that work is going to make Lauren's handwriting better. I've accepted it. Yeah. Um, that is a hilarious. Wait, it's so funny because this is going to sound so messed up. So for some reason, Julia does not always come up on my social media feed, which is crazy because she's literally like my best friend in the world. But so rude. Um, so rude in me. I'm like, I'm like constant, whatever, regardless, this is a funny thing about her handwriting. So Julia has such a specific particular like bubble handwriting. And the other day- Lauren, her- why are they being so mutual? <laughs> no, this no, no, is no. my life, Julia. This is like every day, no. every day. I don't know if I'm allowed to share this information about Nathan. No, you can not cut it out. Oh yeah, whatever. Nathan has a cool job, but Julia wrote on Nathan's back, like property of Julia T. And I was like, ooh, sexual, cute. And then I oh, just- Oh, we were at like a stupid work event. <laughs> we were like, and I was like at like a networking event and I'm like writing on his bag with bait and like, it's so bad. And like, good thing I didn't spell anything wrong because I also cannot spell for <laughs> my life. Like, like, this is like Julia's. It, when it's my of, biggest flaw. Yeah, you think of so many beautiful, positive, like empowering, like things about Julia, but then there are those things about her handwriting, and she cannot spell. Like from the moment we were kids, but she never grew out of it. Like I would, she would be yeah. like. <laughs> Like she spelled door, you guys, D-O-R-E. And I think she still probably spells it like that. <laughs> okay, we need to move on to the dating questions. Okay, we'll move on to the dating okay, questions. But in the, in, the, in the feeling of being nice, I will say that Osh is my favorite friend that I made post-college in my 20s. In, in the spirit of being in the roaring 20s. Osh means a lot to me, despite that I'm mean to her all the time. I love that we share the podcast together. She's a phenomenal person. I feel really lucky to know her. Right back at you. And also, so um, how we started the podcast, Lauren already uh, had this podcast with um, a different co-host and then um, separated ways respectfully. And then she asked me to be a co-host. And that was honestly, it was like her proposing to me. I was like, ah! it's my honor oh I love it yeah I love that and I think also like something we talk about a lot on the show is um Julie and I definitely gush at each other a lot so so our our listeners will know that um but I think that's something that I love about you guys is a lot of times people feel like guilt or weird about not having these like long-term friendships for years and years so I think that it's really cool and inspiring and empowering that like oh, like I can make a really deep friend and someone that like I can share a really cool um, like show with and whatnot and have deep conversations with in my 20s because there's so much conversation around like, oh, but I haven't known this person for years and years. Like, no, you can still connect with someone on, on a really great level and have a beautiful friendship even in your 20s or beyond. Like it's, you will, you can. <laughs> um, so yeah, so, so it's, it's possible. And I think a lot of people don't don't think about that sometimes. So yeah, we could do another episode on on friendship 20 yes. friendships we because, probably should. yeah yeah it's yeah, you guys seem like good people for it and it's it's something i think so many 20 year olds like are facing of like how do i make new friends like yeah. can i make deep friendships and like like i said like friend pickup lines like how do you start that conversation you know yeah. <laughs> it's crazy i wasn't looking either okay i didn't go to leslie comp be like oh, i need friends let me go here because <laughs> i don't have any friends 
No, I don't even want to be your friend. You forced me. And now they're breaking up on the show. On the show. On the show, it's turning into a breakup podcast. It's a breakup. It's changed. emotions. On the term of dating. Yeah, I feel like we need to talk about apps. Dating apps. We do. Because our friends talk about them. They have mixed feelings. Some love them. Some hate them. Some like delete one every other day because they decide they don't want them anymore. Um, but what are your top tips for like creating, I guess, an, an amazing dating profile that I guess is authentic, but like, it's such a first impression. Like, what are your thoughts? So hard. Well, I'm going to speak on this because I feel like I am um, the dating app queen. Yeah. Uh, Thank God I, Okay, I, girl, go off. <laughs> I, um, I download dating apps and then the next day I decide I'm so over men. So I'll delete it and then I'll regret it because my thumb would automatically like, try to find that, go to that app. I'm like, oh my God, it's not there. I'm like, oh, I'm so bored. Like what do I do? How am I going to find someone? And then I'll re-download it, make up a whole new profile again. Because like when I decide I'm going to delete something, it's gone. It's deleted. I'm not going to be like, come back later. Like just yeah. read my account, whatever. So I was on Raya and then I deleted it because I had like a stupid experience. And this is the longest that I've been away from Raya. So I deleted it at the end of October. Oh no, uh, beginning of October. And then now I just re-downloaded it because I was like, hmm, maybe like the roster of people in there have changed. And, you know, like it's been a couple, it's been like six months. So like, I feel like, you know, there's just new people. And I made sure to put on my dating app, just like put effort into it, you know, Mm. like effort into the pictures that I'm going to show, because it is really a slideshow of your life. And I'm not going to make it just about like, I I model full time, I'm not going to put just my modeling pictures. Okay, yeah, I'm going to like stunt on them a little bit and like put some cute photos, you know, but I put photos of like a book that I'm reading, like, um, this puppy that I fostered, I played video games during COVID. So I put like my score on it, like just something that really shows my personality, because I know a lot of people are only looking for looks. And it's like, if you're only looking for looks, like, I'm sorry, but this is not the place. Like, don't come here because I, I do not want to date someone that's just dating me. For that money. is so, I think that is so valuable for people to hear. Like, yes. you want the people that are going to click on your profile to actually like who you really are and not just like this curated 30 second version of you because anybody can curate the most amazing profile but like if you're selling something that's not actually the real product like you're you're not gonna be happy because they're not gonna actually like want you for you and like you for you they're looking for like whatever fake product you put out like I think it's so important to be authentic like that and really show who you really are because that's who you want to attract Right. And I've also like, there's a bio that you can put like an about me. And I made sure that I filled that out. Like, you know, mm. I mean, there's no prompts or questions because I know Hinge has prompts, which is really cool. But Raya is basically like, here are some pictures match with me. Don't match with me. I don't care. There's uh, lots of options. But for me, I put a whole about me um, on that bio. And I said everything that I'm into, what, I, what I'm looking for. And then as a PSA, I put, I'm not looking for a casual hookup. I'm looking for someone to build a life with. And if that's that. up to you, then please don't hit like on me. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I, I love that it's it's straightforward because I think a, a couple of things that you mentioned that stood out to me. I think first of all, like really, it's almost like asking yourself, like what, what, what parts, like what, um, what actually represents me, right? So I, like, what am I actually looking for? Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that because it's like, 
we've been in like circles with our friends where they've been like, what do I put? Like, what picture do I choose? Where do I look like this? Or something I really love. One of our friends was making a profile. I want to say on hinge most likely with the prompts is like, what, what sounds like the most like me? Like, what do you think I would say? So that it's like Mm. a really authentic way of representing you. But also I love that you're being straightforward right off the bat and not leaving like any room for interpretation for someone that's not actually looking for what you're looking for. Yeah, because there are a lot of guys out there that are really just, I mean, that's cool. All power to whoever's looking for just a casual hookup. That's fine. For sure. I've I've been there, done that. And it's honestly, it's just not for me. Now I'm entering a stage in my life that I am looking for my person and I'm, I'm looking to share this life that I've built with and build a better life, you know, like something I'm looking for someone to collaborate with. That's what I'm looking uh, for. A partner. Babe, we've been collaborating, but anyway. For a romantic partner, Lauren, you just don't satisfy me in that <laughs> oh. You need different people for different things. Not one person could be everything for everyone. We learned that. Lauren, this, you are so. my everything. Don't get it twisted. You really are my everything. And I couldn't do oh, life without you. Sure. So cute. <laughs> I'm going to say, though, don't yes, be Lauren. afraid to be opinionated because I feel like when I see people making their dating app profiles, they're always trying to appeal to the masses you don't need to appeal to the masses just appeal to the people that you actually want to be with because like I hear so many women be afraid to like share their point of view on something or if they feel really opinionated about something particularly with men they're always afraid to share it because they're afraid that it's not going to be cute or it's not going to be received well I think if you really have a strong opinion about something then don't be afraid to say it I know hinge gives you really great prompts on those so I would just be fearless with your dating app and like be totally honest about who you are exactly like Asha's saying and I think that saying something like slightly controversial or slightly opinionated as I've been saying is a great way to start conversation yeah I love that I love that speaking of starting conversation I feel like that's like where people really freak out of like okay well they liked my profile or I like theirs like how do you get the conversation started? Do you have any like tips or tricks that you use to like get a conversation going? Do you only respond? Do you ever start the conversation? And like over apps and also like in person, like sometimes you see someone cute and you're like, like you guys were talking about in class, like how do you, how do you get that started? What are your tips and tricks on that one? So I think for dating profiles, um, you know, I, I do sometimes, I don't like doing this, but like, hey, how are you? I hate those, but like, I, you know, Sometimes people just don't give you anything to go off of in their dating profiles. It's just just their pictures. And there's nothing that you can get from their pictures. Like, oh, you went to Greece? Like, how cool? Where did you go? What did you do? Like, that's what I kind of look for in people's Mm. apps. Like, if they say something, or even on Hinge or the prompts, like if they say something about, I love, um, you know, like listening to French music while cooking. Like, I love that too. Like, what, what Spotify stations do you listen to? Something like that, that's like, more off of the um small talk and you know that boring chat and like go straight into like what interests you like what are you working on what are you Mm -hmm. learning about something like that people love being asked questions so I think it really shows interest when you actually looked at somebody's profile and can comment on something specifically Mm um I think like showing that interest that you took the time to actually look at their profile instead of writing something generic really goes a long way yeah yeah for sure and I think that it's I love that because it's so funny. It's like we we continue to come back to just like being authentic. And I think that the type of energy that we put out there ultimately is the type of energy that we attract, whether it is something that we feel like is polarizing because it's such a general opinion, but you're going to attract more of that, the type of people that you actually want to attract. And I don't even mean attract physically. I just mean like magnetically, I guess, um, to your page, to wanting to talk to you more, to wanting to elaborate on the conversation, whatever, um, by just like 
being honest. Like I know some of our friends have been like, so can I, can I start with like the hard hitting questions and like, they'll just start going with like the, the things that really matter to them. So that they know right off the bat, if somebody is at least open to hearing another opinion, even if it's a, a little bit different than theirs. So um, I feel like in terms of moving from the app or a app to an actual date can feel scary. So do you guys have any like rituals or routines or like mindset work that you recommend for listeners or anyone that could be going on a date to, to do before that? Um, I remember in the beginning how now I'm kind of just like, this is cool. Cause no matter what happens, I get to meet someone different mm. from me, someone, you know, like I'll, I'll be able to like have conversations with people. I, I, my biggest thing is don't have any expectations going into it. Get rid of all of your expectations. Um, you've already, hopefully you've spent a decent amount of time talking to them over the app that you kind of, you know, you, you know, you like the person enough to meet them in person. Um, so just trust that trust that you, you know, your gut about wanting to go, um, zero expectations though. What's the worst that could happen? Like you just end up being friends, which is really cool actually to have that, you know, like it's hard for girls to actually be friends with guys, like straight, straight women and straight men. It's kind of hard to be, I, I know there's a lot of like controversy in the subject, but for me, I find it very difficult to have male friends without there being something that they want from me that is not sexual, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So getting rid of those expectations, what's the worst that could happen? Okay, maybe he's a ser- serial killer or you get kidnapped. Or <laughs> have your find your friends with your friends, you know, turn your find your friends on, make sure you give your friends your location, go to a place that's like, don't go to their house ever. Like, no. do not go to their house unless it is like, you know, it's the, I don't know how many days I'm not going to put a number on it because I don't want to be liable for anything that happens to you. Uh, like Ash told me to go on the third date I went and I got kidnapped like no no I do not want that no make sure you're safe and going to a public space I I would prefer uh daytime dates um especially if you are in the you know like the beginning stages of it uh it just takes the pressure off but now I feel like I've been on so many freaking dates that become a pro at it and I actually have fun um, I yeah. love the whole process of dressing up and go, I, I love being wined and dined. I'm going to admit that. Mm. No shame in that. I love being wined and dined. And yes. Like, it's just, it's fun. It's, it, it's really cool. I love meeting people. Um, sometimes it gets exhausting and I'll have weeks where I'm just like so exhausted and like burnt out from going on dates. It sounds so dumb, but you know. No, it's, it's a lot of energy to like give your time and mm-hmm. you know, like we always of course you want to be yourself, but when you're like making a good impression, you are a little more like upbeat and performative and like, blah, blah. And that takes a lot of energy, but I love not going into it with like any expectation and really just using it as an opportunity to meet somebody and like finding a way to make it fun for yourself, even if it doesn't work out. Like mm-hmm. if like getting dressed up and like feeling really good about that and like putting on music and putting on an outfit that you like. So at least if it doesn't work out, you can be like, well, I felt really beautiful tonight. And I like wore an outfit that I love and I did my makeup in a great way. And I like took a fun picture of myself and I ate a nice meal, like, or I had a good cocktail or like whatever it is that you're doing on your date. Like I've seen that be such a game changer for our friends who are dating, whether it's through dating apps or like just meeting people here and there of having that mindset of like, I'm doing this for me and making it fun for me has like made it so much less exhausting than feeling like every time you're going like to meet someone, to impress someone, like do it for you and make it fun for you. 
Everybody knows that Brenna and I are super big on habits and having and maintaining habits that help us live our best lives. And sometimes we need a little help tracking those habits so that we can make sure we're staying on top of things in order to reach our goals, whatever our goals may be. And that's why today we're talking about Noom. Noom is a great tool to help you track your habits in order to reach your health and wellness goals, whatever they may be if you have them, which if you don't, all good. But if you have a health or wellness goal, Noom is a great tool to help you out. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. And again, this is so personal. And Noom understands that everybody's goals are unique and what works for someone else might not work for you. That's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible. It focuses on on progress and not perfection, which we love, allowing you to work towards your goals at a pace that is comfortable and right for you, whatever those goals may be. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at noom.com slash believe. Again, that's noom, N-O-O-M.com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. What do you think is the biggest mistake? people make when it comes to dating whether that's like in between the dating app and the going on the date or like at the first date or attracting the right kind of people like what do you see through the show that you've seen people like make mistake over and over when it comes to giving people who don't deserve them chance after chance after chance I think people get so worried they're not going to find somebody exactly what we talked about like through their 20s people have all of these they should be doing it and one of the number one shoulds is always like have a boyfriend move in with your boyfriend get married so people keep seeing people after they've let them down time after time um and I think that that's like the saddest like hardest thing to read when we get our letters on the podcast because Mm -hmm. like there are so many incredible, beautiful, strong people who write to us who don't deserve the way that they're being treated. And I I hope that like our podcast allows people to really take their power back and allow them to advocate for themselves on how they should be treated. Because I think that that's like the most common mistake I see, especially people in their 20s, just wasting yeah. time on people who aren't worth it. Yeah. Oh, that's so powerful. And, and I think you're right. Like, I think we've seen so many people in our lives sacrifice what they want out of their life or like totally shift their vision or do all of those things, but convince themselves that they're doing it like in the name of love. And I think that there's such a difference between like the types of sacrifices that we make, you know, for the bettering of blank (laughs) of whatever it may be, or for the benefit of two people um, or somehow compromising, like there's such a difference between compromise and and total sacrifice. And I I just think we see that mistake too. And it's sad and heartbreaking because it's like, we convince ourselves, I think as like a society that like, this is just what you do for love. When I just think it's so skewed. And Mm -hmm. of course, like we've had so many conversations about what we see in the media and like what we define as love and what we define as partnership and how we see like an equal contribution, or even if there are seasons where it's more give or more take from one partner, whatever it may be. But like, we have such a skewed perception of that, that I think depending on that and depending on where our self-worth is, like we've 
unfortunately, like connected with so many people who we love so much that have decided that like, you know what, maybe I'll stay here with this person on the off chance that like, maybe it isn't better than this. Like maybe I won't find someone else. And that's a really scary feeling. Like if we are longing for connection and everything and we only know what we know it's really easy to convince yourself like I maybe I'll stay here because like it's not that bad you know and that's so sad (laughs) to to think about um versus you know I guess the alternative so also like in your 20s I feel like so many women that we know are like well I feel like I'm already like it's late like I'm already like in my like mid-20s or my later 20s so like I just have to like settle and like find someone but like you're in your twenties. Like we're still so young in the idea that like you would rather like save, I don't know how exactly to put this, but like you would rather like save the time now and then be with someone for like 40 years who you don't actually like really perfectly align with and not perfectly, you might not perfectly align anyone, but like who you really align with and like can be a true partner with than to like wait two years or like whatever and actually find someone on that. Like there's this, I feel like so many people just like have this like, rush to feel like we need it right now and like what like we're in our 20s like we're young like it's okay if it's not right now yeah yeah and I think obviously just like anything else it's so much easier said than done like there's obviously so much pressure and the amount of times that I think about I'm like I thought I would be like married by my early 20s and I'm like where the fuck did I get that from like I didn't even know like what I wanted to do like I still don't know what I want to do our childhood timelines of like what we thought our like adult look life would like look like like oh I'm 22 I'll like have a baby (laughs) I thought at 29 I'd be a grandma yeah literally grandkids no no I mean but like just yeah exaggerating but like I had that timeline of like okay so I'm gonna meet my husband in college we're gonna stay together we're gonna probably get engaged at 23 get married at 25 start having babies at 26 27 by 30 I have all of my kids mm-hmm. what the heck like what, what the heck put that into my head like why did I think that this is a schedule that I need to stick to it's yeah. crazy and the thought of like having kids at 30 I'm like what the like what no like probably not like that's it's so crazy these like fake timelines that we make up for ourselves and not just in relationships and like everything in life so that's actually one thing that I'm my mom had me when she was 40 and I'm actually grateful for that because I never had the timeline to get married or have kids in my 20s like I always thought that like people didn't get married until their 40s so I was always 20s were just for career and that's all you worried about and I actually feel like looking back that says so much about me as a person yeah like not a marriage driven person really Mm. at all very much career oriented and I I'm glad that I had like the role model of my mom who was very much like a career lady until she had me because I feel like that's something that we're not always seeing in the media is like these role models who really focus on the career and then the family came it's always like you need to have the family Uh, first yeah yeah Yeah. no that's that's such a good point and it's funny because my situation with my mom and, and my family is like the opposite but they're like similar aspects of my mom had me when she was 21 so like young compared to to us right and um then they moved to New York from South America and it's so crazy because I think that her experience has influenced me to be like live your life and do things on your own timeline because obviously like life happens things happen and then of course when you have kids there's nothing wrong with it but there's a little bit less of an ability to fully maybe just 
not even focus on you, but like to define, like if I had a, if I had a baby next to me right now, there's no shot. I'd be consistently thinking about like my own myself all the time and what I want out of life and asking myself these deep questions. Cause of course our focus shifts a little bit, um, especially for anyone who's incredibly empathetic, but at the same time, my mom was always so incredibly ambitious and still freaking as to this day. So it's given me such an, like a mix of both. And also this idea that you can do both things if you want to, but you don't have to. And like, I just, I think that's so, it's so freeing, but at the end of the day, a, a even bigger reason why we started the show was because we were like, you know what, your twenties are really fucking weird. Like some people have like, it's just such a wide array, right? Some people um, are single and don't eat, aren't looking for any relationship. They're not interested. Other people have babies, have a family, have a home, have all these things. And it's so crazy. I feel like it's the period in our life where the most people are at like every different end of the spectrum. Yeah. Like it's insane. But for the, for the woman who like is dating or like does want that right now and is just feeling like exhausted and like maybe might turn to settling because like she's just done dating or like is feels like she's never gonna meet her person like what would you say to her what advice would you give her the universe has got my back because I try to settle for people who are definitely do not deserve me and do not deserve my energy or my love and I try to settle for them and the universe is like hell no we're not doing this and then obviously it turns into well what's wrong with me it's not nothing's wrong with you the universe just fucking knows this person's not for you and you can do way better. But to give, you know, my advice is that think about like all the things you could do with your life and the person that you, you truly are meant for. Like you are meant for greatness. Like everyone is destined to be phenomenal people. And if you settle, like just think about your happiness. Think about your kids. If you do want kids, like your kids watching, you know, you and your husband or wife or whoever you end up with, like, just seeing you being miserable. Is that the kind of like house that you want your children to be raised in? Mm -hmm. And then you're setting that for your kids. You're showing them that, Mm -hmm. well, mom settled. So what's, you know, I'm going to settle. Like, I don't know, live life for yourself and don't live it for other people. There's however many billion people in this world, you'll find your person. Don't worry. Do not settle. I've tried so many times and it's always just, you know, come back in my face and I'm like, okay, got it. Not the person for me. Yeah. Yeah. Don't settle. Don't ever settle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And I think that, that, that that's one of the lessons that so many women keep learning over and over again. So many people, whoever um, ends up learning time and time again, it's like, sometimes we really do try to convince ourselves like, you know what, this might be okay. This might be it. <laughs> this might be the right path. When in reality, it's like, Julia, what did you say the other day to one of our like best friends about the universe taking out the trash for them or something? I did. Yeah, I said that astrology. Yeah, because she was ghosted. Basically, she was ghosted. Um, And I think that to briefly like touch on something like that, like I think it can probably feel so confusing to be like, wait a second. So like, I'm not even worthy of like a conversation. (laughs) Like, I'm not even worthy of you saying something to me about nothing. Nothing makes me more like mad about that. I'm like, do and but then that just makes me think like do you, that is showing you who this person is. Mm -hmm. And like, you're just so much better off knowing now than like six months down the line with someone that this is obviously not a person that's like emotionally intelligent or kind in any way. Like everybody, like, I feel like just deserves like, sorry, like I'm looking for something else or like, like, thank you for the date, but like, I'm not interested. Like, it's so simple. And that makes me like, so crazy but I feel like that's like something that a lot of people deal with and it's really it's really hard 
to feel yeah, that that's way. The, the biggest reasons that I wanted to be involved with the podcast was because I was a serial dater before getting into my relationship, meaning that like I always had to have a boyfriend and they were always people that I was settling for. Mm. And like, I, I'm sure for other people, they're great people, nothing against them, but they were definitely not right for me. And yep. many of them were relationships where I was not being treated very well, but I kept trying to stick them out. And I always kept getting broken up with as well to the point where I kept asking myself like what was wrong with me and I kept looking at my friends who would be able to stay in relationships like for a year or two years and I'd be like I'm never going to get there so Mm -hmm. I fully relate to the person who is trying so hard to find that relationship because I was trying so hard to find any relationship and it's really hard and what I will say is that I spent so much time worrying about finding a relationship and no time focusing on like, what do I actually want out of life? Like, yes. who am I actually? What what do I value? And a lot of people like, you know, don't think that it's the best way to find yourself in a relationship. And for somebody who was a serial dater, I see that as being taboo, but I did really like come to my fully realized self in my relationship mm-hmm. because it was the first time that I was able to be like, okay, I'm safe. Deep breaths here. Like I trust where I am and I trust my support system. And only from that was I really able to start like finding my career path and really understanding myself. And I'm sure Brenda, you've had a similar experience, but I think that like the caveat to that is before I entered this relationship was the first time that I was like, you know what? I'm going to be single. Like I'm going to be okay being single and I'm going to have a good time and I'm going to focus on my friendships. And I was really present doing that. And it's so annoying when people say to you, like, stop looking for love because the second you stop looking for love is when love is going to come find you. Yep. Me too. Same thing. Yeah. And the reason that it's the truth is because it's the first time you focus on you and that energy of being confident in yourself and focused on yourself is attractive. It's just so attractive and we're attracted to it on other people as well. Yeah. A hundred percent. What advice would you give to like someone who like wants to start that journey of like really like loving themselves and being empowered in themselves, but like doesn't know where to start with that? Therapy. (laughs) Like always therapy to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still on that journey and I'm still trying to find that within myself and I may not present it outwardly, but internally I do struggle with, you know, like being okay being by myself and like being alone or like, you know, not having a partner or, or giving, you know, like loving myself. Like Mm -hmm. I I struggle with it a lot. Um, Therapy is definitely something that could help. Um, But I, that power of morning routine really gets me going. Yeah, I I love my morning routines. Like I thrive on morning routines. The second I don't have that, the second I miss one morning routine, my mental health is not okay. Like my whole day has been derailed. I'm like, oh, I miss my morning routine. Well, then I might as well be depressed in bed all day. Like (laughs) if I can't do my morning routine, then I'm done. No, no it's hard. It's hard out here. Today's over tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, no, we we totally get that. And we've, we've had so many conversations about that. And I think that it's just, it's such a valid point. And I feel like <laughs> there's so many different like little phrases that people say that you're like, oh my God, like I'm so sick of hearing this. Like, if you know, you know, these will be the fastest years that go by of your life. Like all these little things that you're like, oh my God, this is so annoying, but it's so true. And I think at the end of the day, like what you talked about, like really finding yourself um, when you felt safe. Like, I think it's so interesting, not only when you, when you feel safe, but like something particularly for me that I I'm really honestly just processing now is like, 
I've always, I have such a great relationship with my parents. I lived at home right after college, but I have found such a different sense of like myself ever since um, me and Chris, my boyfriend moved in together, just because I've, although we are, you know, a partnership and all that stuff, he works a totally different shift than I do. So we have so much beautiful time together, like on the weekend, but I barely see him during the week. And it's like forced me to, I don't know, like have like a different level of independence and spend more time with myself and have my own routines and like continue to be comfortable and, and thrive and then like come together later on. I don't really know how to like describe it in a way that probably makes enough sense, but it's like, I, I honestly, for a long time, didn't expect to talk about this, but I was afraid of being alone. Like I was afraid of being alone because in moments where I did spend time alone. I was always self-sabotaging. I was always like struggling in my relationship to myself. So like this idea of moving an hour is not far. Julia lives hours away from me, but like an hour away from my parents who are such a safe space for me and my boyfriend being at work and me being home alone, like it felt so daunting. And so like, what am I going to do? What am I going to think? What am I going to whatever? But I found so much growth in like something that I once thought was challenging. And I just think it's really, it's really cool. Like it's cool too, like for, for you. Lauren, when something that brought a lot of like, I guess, I don't want to say anguish because that feels dramatic, but like anguish had a point in terms of really wanting to find love. It was anguish. I, I totally agree with anguish. It was tough. Yeah, yeah it's tough, right? <laughs> so yeah. to be able to like find so much peace and, and beyond that and like growth beyond that point too, it's, it's just so powerful. It really yeah. is. So funny that you just said that because my therapist was just telling me to make sure that I take time actually alone. And she meant like actually alone in the sense that you're not reading a book, you're not journaling, you're not meditating, like take 30 minutes to actually be with yourself and your thoughts. Because I am somebody who has to be busy all the time. And even with the morning routine, you're still doing something, right? Like mm, you're still not yeah. just alone with your thoughts. And it's kind of scary to be alone with your thoughts. At least it is for me. Like it, it's hard to just like take a step back and do nothing and sit there and listen to your mind. But like also what a way to get in touch with yourself and get in touch with your thoughts to just truly listen to what's going on in there. And I think that that's like such a powerful thing to be able to do if you are looking for love, if you're not looking for love, to just really like get in touch with yourself and listen to yourself and listen to like, what are the thoughts that keep repeating in your head? And how can you get them out of your head and like into your life? Mm, yeah and I feel like it's a practice like I feel like that is hard and it's not going to be easy at first like but it's something like we can do as any other routine like as a practice and it's gonna get like you'll get more comfortable with yourself you'll be able to transition those thoughts more like I I freaking love that I think that that's so great and I think that there's so much power in um learning to like to be alone but it's it's hard and it's it's not, it's not easy for everyone. Not everyone is programmed like that to just like, like to be alone. There's some people who are so introverted and thrive in that. And if that's not you, like, that's okay. But like, I think that you can, that's something you can practice and work towards. Yeah. I I think it's, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 Ash, go ahead. I love having my alone time for sure. Cause I do sometimes I feel like I overcommit socially, Mm -hmm. but Lauren, what you said about being fully alone, no TV, no phones, no journaling, just you alone with your thoughts. When you said that, I got very scared 
right? Yeah, yeah. That is very scary. Mm-hmm. I sat, I sat um, this morning for, I did like a 10 minute meditation on calm. The feelings that I was getting was like, I'm really scared right now. Like yeah. it's just like sitting here, like, this is so difficult for me to do. Like, I just like, yeah. my mind keeps going somewhere else. Like, I don't want to sit here. I want to get up. I want to go do something else. Like I can't just sit here and like, you know, like be in like complete silence with my thoughts. Like I, I, I need to work on that, but it, it's true. Like it's cool. It's not cool, but it's nice to know that a lot of other people kind of feel the same way. Yeah. Well, honestly, I feel incredibly validated because at first I thought, I don't know, like, I, I feel like I used to feel not crazy because maybe that's dramatic, but like, I used to be like, why am I scared to be alone? Like, cause I don't know if like scare is the right word, but I think because we're not used to it or we try and fill our lives with so many other like st- stimuli, stimuli, whatever, yeah. with something that like, we're not used to it. So I was literally afraid. And then it's like, that's why people cope with whatever numbing sources they use is because we get uncomfortable with what may or may not come up and the uncertainty of it all and whatnot. So I'm so glad you guys get exactly what I mean in the sense of just like, like pushing through something that felt hard, or maybe like, I used to try to explain to Julia a couple episodes ago, I was like, I feel lonely, but I literally live with someone. I just feel Mm. more lonely than I did before. And it's a weird feeling. There's such a difference between like feeling lonely or feeling like you want connection in that moment. Um, And that's a whole other topic I'm sure we could dive into in the future, but. Yeah, we should do a whole episode on like being alone because it's it's such a a hard thing. And I, yeah, we we, got to circle back to that, but we have to let you guys go. But before we do, just two little last questions for you guys. Um, You can both answer this individually. Has there been any resource in your life thus far that has helped guide you through your 20s up to this point? It could be a person, a book, a podcast, any resource that's like really helped you on this journey? Um, For me, it's been the Skinny Confidential podcast that I'm absolutely love, Lauren. I love her so much. I love Michael. I love their chemistry. I love, um, you know, all the guests that they bring on. That's especially helped me through my mid-20s to where I am now. I've learned so much from them. And Lauren knows that um, I'm obsessed with that podcast. That's all I talk about. And just, I like, I'm so happy that they love them. I love yeah, them too. They're incredible. So they're incredible. And I'm sure you and I saw that you've um, something related to skincare and Julia's obsessed with skincare. So I'm sure you guys will connect on that down the line. Yes. <laughs> My favorite topic. Um, for me, and I honestly, I know this is annoying, but I also, I have to say my boyfriend, like he has been such an amazing support system to me. And like we met when I was still in college and I don't think I had myself like totally figured out at all, but like he has really walked me through so many different facets of my life and like allowed me to fully express myself. And I also like, as an actor, he gives such incredible advice at making yourself see yourself as an entrepreneur, as an actor, instead of just like the artist. And I think mm-hmm. like as actors, when you get into the industry, you're like, I just want to be acting. Like, I just want to do the art. You don't think about all of the business side that you have to do of things like networking, emailing people, cold calling, sending out your headshots, like all of those little things. I never would have taken myself seriously in that way. And so many people say to me like, Lauren, you're such a hard worker. Like, how did you get like this? Like, how did you know to go to events and be like network and things like that? And honestly, it's all credit to Brian and also like him holding me accountable to my highest potential Mm -hmm. Um, and asking them both for So 
Yeah. yeah. One thing I'm going to say about Lauren is she is the hardest worker that I've ever met. Ah, she yeah. truly is. She really dedicates herself to her career and, you know, to her social life and her friends. Like that's really amazing because she, she can balance the both so well and, yeah. you know, uh, it still has time for her own mental peace and sanity and her workouts and just yeah. taking care of herself mentally and physically. So, yeah. And now um, you're not going to get another compliment for a whole month. I know exactly. That You're was done. a big one. You're done. That was huge. That's it. Um, no, I love that so much. And I think there's, there's just so much value in all of that. And I think that it's, it's not something people think about. I'm not an actor only when I was a child, you know, those days. Brenda was a star. <laughs> star. One time, I think I was like almost scammed. Julia, do you remember when I told you about the Skippy peanut butter commercial that I, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brenda tried to pay like a million dollars to like be on Disney like, channel sure, or something. Like, you know, like when you hear something on the radio and then your dad's like, oh my God, you can be famous. I'm like, okay, dad. So I went and I'm like, what am I doing? And it's hilarious because one of our best friends in the world um, auditioned for the same thing. And we both can recite Skippy Peanut Butter commercial. But That's anyway, oh crazy. my God. It's <laughs> iconic. You guys have to go. Our last question is where can people find you and your show? So you can find us at Damsels in the DMs. I'm Lauren Elizabeth Harris on Instagram. And that is one H, the Elizabeth and the Harris share. Ooh. Love. And I am Osh on Instagram, but it's five H's. So it's A-A-S-H-H-H-H-H. And Damsels in the DMs is available on Apple and Spotify and everywhere that you can listen to podcasts. Amazing. Thank you guys so much for being with us. This was so fun. And be sure to check out our episode on Damsels in the DMs. We had so much fun over there too. And goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Roaring Twenties Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With love, Brenda and Julia. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.